Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. Here to talk about his new track, Holding You Over, which is out right now. Please welcome Bo Bascoro. Hello, sir. Hello, Greg. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, so, So tell me about Holding You Over. Yeah, so I, I always am. I always end up being long-winded and like ex- go way into depth. So I'm going to try to like, like paraphrase as best I pos- as possible. But I would say holding you over is about uh, being crazy for someone that that will not have the same feelings for you, but they still take advantage of your affection and you and you know take it. They take advantage of your your affection while looking for the love that they do want. That is actually the shortest answer I've ever given for that. Oh wow, <laughs> that's uh, that's fantastic. I have I have heard the, heard the track, listened to it. It's been it's been on heavy rotation in my house. It's absolutely fantastic. Thanks, man. So yeah. if if you could collaborate with any musician, living or dead, who would you pick? Ah, uh, I've got two. I think. Oh, any living or dead, man. I'm going to have to say the yeah, the two that come to mind are Jack Garrett and Jack Antonoff. I don't know if you're familiar with either of those two, but I think those two artists are kind of what inspired the the direction of sound that I went I started going into and um encouraged me to be more honest with my lyrics. I'm not I I'm not familiar with uh Jack Garrett, but as a non-musician, I'm like, can can I get Antonoff to like produce a podcast or something? Can I get him to like do my stuff? <laughs> I wish. Yeah, he's just he's so good. Like everything, every sound he's ever made is just phenomenal. I've loved all of his work from like obviously from fun, um, his early days with fun and then bleachers. And then if I don't know if you've ever heard of Red Hearse, but that's like a side project he did with Soundwave, and it's one of my favorite albums um and jack antonoff is or uh jack garrett i have two jacks in my head um jack garrett is he's this british artist that 
had his come up around like 2014 and he he really mixed the electronic like production and analog sound so well at that time and like his arrangement of music was just so profound for me at that time and so inspiring so um yeah i, I love both those guys so much such inspiration for me describe holding you over using only one word sad <laughs> you could describe all my songs that way so who who is an artist that if they popped into the zoom right now and said bo you have to go on tour with me right this minute who are you dropping everything for oh fudge yeah i mean there's like a million but the first one that comes to mind is freaking um I think I think Jack Antonoff. I think if if Bleachers as a band was like, "Hey, we want you, we want you on the road with us," I'd be like, "Absolutely." But I'm also like at the caliper of artist where if anyone said that to me, I'd probably <laughs> drop everything I could for them. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Damn, dude, that's a real good question. I think currently I think that it would be the sudden expectation that not only are artists supposed to be artists, but they're also supposed to be their own content machine and marketing manager. Um, you know, a lot of like closeted music, closet, music, closeted, closet musicians and like smaller artists there, there's so many talented people, but because they don't have the following or, um, they don't have the right content that promote that pitches the song well or promotes the song well so you know labels or just people in the industry won't give you attention because you don't have the following and it's similar i would say it's similar to a lot of other industries too i've worked in um i also work in the modeling industry in the um and, or the modeling and acting industry and there was an agency that i was just talking to and they asked me a few weird, a few interesting questions. They asked me, um, you know, I, I'm in a transition of uh, moving locations. And one of my, one of the agencies that I was like looking into for uh, a sister agency asked what my age was and what my following numbers were on my social media, which I feel like are two things that suddenly put a wedge in the creativity um in some in some ways because now it's not about it's not about the actual art but it's about um it's almost like it, it's more about just like catching catching the views rather than creating and i think that has been really crippling it's been really beneficial for some artists but i think it's been really crippling for um a, a lot of really talented and really gifted artists it's it's very telling um i i have been doing this particular show for almost a year and a half nice and this the answer to this question has been the same in every interview mm, i'm telling you man it's a i think it's it's a double-edged sword because it's it's been really beneficial for some and just really really ruin people's mental health too because then you start you fall into the trap of getting obsessed with your views and you turn off your creative brain and you start turning on this weird like you know your your 
your imposter syndrome, your self-doubt, everything gets brought to the surface because you're overwhelmed with the sudden task of being responsible for, for creating in like multiple facets when you just wanted to do that one thing. Also a little over a year and a half. Congrats, man. Happy post anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. What is, what is a venue that you would give anything to play? I, that's a really good question. You're hitting me with the good questions, dude. (laughs) Um, I think I have two and both of these venues I've never been to, but I've just always seen them on the internet and I think they're just such cool venues, but one would be the, um, the gorge amphitheater in the the northwest it's like in between portland and, or um oregon and washington and then red rocks never even been near red rocks but i just all of my friends that have been on the road have played there all of my friends like i just see people go and visit and they post about it i'm like this looks so freaking cool so that would be a fun one i think to play you you absolutely at some point in your life have to go to red rocks I know it, it will ch- like it changed how I listen to music. Like Ooh. there was there was something about it because like Red Rocks is out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Like oh. and it's like the sound bounces off the sky. Oh my the God. best way I can That's describe it. That's a really it. pretty description. That's a really pretty description. And to me, never seen it never done like research on it but it looks like they were at one point someone was like yes this area we're going to turn these natural these natural landmarks into uh into a stage and that that's what it looks like to me it's like they carved out a stage in this giant boulder and it's so cool it's so pretty yeah. let me let me ask you what is how many shows have you seen there I, I have only seen one show there. Who was it? Uh, it was, oh shit, if you hadn't, it, <laughs> was, it was five years ago. If you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. Dang it. Um, but it was, it was an EDM show, which like Ooh. took it to like the next level. Yeah, I'm sure. My, my friend, <laughs> I guess it was a few months ago, she plays bass for big wild and they played over there they've actually played there a few times and every single time she posts videos from that i'm like what a what an ascending experience yeah like and from from my understanding like the way that the way that the venue has it set up is like all the shows start like right at sunset so you not only get the experience of the music but you also get like sonics and the aesthetics yeah oh hits different i was like somebody somebody is a fucking genius (laughs) god i wonder i want to look into the history of that and like when it was when it was erected and then what was the intention or like who who thought this up you know i've never thought to do that i may have to do that now i'm gonna have to we gotta do that yeah what do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? I am way too picky about my lyrics. I think if I, man, I've been trying to work on it. It's like, I've been working on myself lately. No, I, I've been 
trying really hard to not be so picky because I feel like that inhibits just the flow of the song. But um, I think sometimes I have a hard time knowing, like I, I know what I feel, but I don't know really specifically like the detail of what I feel. And it's hard to sometimes uncover that. And so I'll sit on certain lyrics that are maybe a little bit more watered down than I want it to be. So then, you know, like you're, you're the first, the first run through of writing a song, I'm typically, I just turn and burn the lyrics. And then I sit on it for a while and I think, okay, now how do I say the same thing, but different? Because I feel like, uh, I feel like a 14 year old writing lyrics right now. And so I get, I try to, I really get hung up on the, I guess the vernacular of the lyrics and, and trying not to, trying to avoid being basic. But sometimes I think basic or standard is, is it, it cuts to the point and I think it, sometimes it hits different. So I've been trying to work on that. I, I agree that like sometimes, you know, keeping it pretty standard because, uh, you know, just as an example, uh, Lisa Stansfield's song, uh, Been Around the World. Mm. Every time that she sings the word quarrel, uh. it pulls me out of the moment because I'm like, w- w- why that word? Yeah. Okay. That's, that is an interesting, um, overall, that's like an interesting word to put in a song, anyways, because that's not one that really rolls off the tongue very well. You know? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, but I, I also, I feel the same way. I think like there's certain words that I want to try to say, but then the way that my diction is, I just have a hard time letting it roll off. And so, so I, I feel also like I'm, I'm like constricted to, or restricted to only certain vocabulary words or certain, certain consonants and vowels. The sequence of consonants and vowels. <laughs> Describe your music using only colors and shapes. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's one. I'm okay. Hold on. Colors and shapes. Um, I'm sure some artists you've asked that have like come up with something super like silly, but I'm like the the, the like super over analytical person I am. I'm like, all right, let's get serious about this shapes. <laughs> Um, the first thing that comes to mind, I think is, I think like the, the silhouette of a mountain range. And I know that's, oh God, I know someone's going to laugh that I say this, but I think the color blue and purple and pink. Yep. Yep. That's my final answer. Okay. So the silhouette uh, you know what I'm talking about when I say that, like the silhouette yeah. range, there's like a standard when you look at a mountain range, like, or a mountain range, like a uh, street sign, they have like a, a silhouette of a mountain and it's like big triangle connected to a little triangle. I think that's the, the shape. And then, so I guess that's two triangles then. And then the color blue, pink and purple. I like that. Nobody's nobody's ever used uh, that particular that particular shape. So I love it. Mountain range. Well, I almost I like I, that. my my first thought was hexagon, but I felt like that was too complicated. 
usually usually the the standard answer here is usually like black and gold stars some kind of circle right. something like that so man i wish i wish that i had the the black and gold vibe <laughs> I, I wish so badly that's a cool vibe that's like that gives me black and yellow you know black yeah. and yellow black and, but um yeah yep i'm a blue pink purple kind of guy i guess <laughs> <laughs> not very cool colors very very basic but uh but throw them on a mountain range and it's fine makes up for it from the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast your life the mixtape and headliners comes your life the mixtape magazine a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music culture and social commentary on current news and events visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today that should be all your all your all your merch going forward should just be like the silhouette of a mountain range in in like yes. blue, purple and pink yes i basically just described a sunset <laughs> <laughs> no i've 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 had sunsets uh as as answers and there's there's been some interesting interesting <laughs> color choices there. oh yeah okay wait what's the most interesting color choice you've gotten uh, the most interesting color choice that I've gotten was uh, someone said blood orange. Ooh, I like that. And I was like, so, so red. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well played. That is funny. Yeah, but so blood orange, that's a, that's like a, that, that's an art. That's for sure an artist answer. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of what kind of film do you feel like holding you over would be perfect for the soundtrack for that is a really good question um you're gonna hear me say that this whole time that is a good <laughs> greg you've asked a good question um that's okay thematically ah uh, that's tough to say for me but that's me also getting like way too literal about it. I think sonically, um, I would say, do you say what kind of film or what film? What kind of film? Okay, okay. I would say, which is like very on brand with like, I think even what inspired, like visually what inspired this for me, but I would say something around the lines of an anime, <laughs> like an anime movie. Nice. You know, I don't know if you're into anime or or whatnot, but there's a few that have recently come out. Uh, one recently I watched was Suzume, and the aesthetics of that are just so vibrant. And I think that the cinematic, like I've I've really, I've really kind of, I feel like my sound is very cinematic, or the arrangements that I put together and, um. I feel like it's really cohesive with that modern anime look. Ah, modern or just anime in general. But my runner-up my runner-up answer would probably be like an indie film or a rom-com. I'm getting like it. Answers. You've got range. I like it. <laughs> yeah.
So this next question is is kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. Uh, I've got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. Okay, and I will let you pick the one that you would like to answer. Oh, okay. um, so your choices are: who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or mm. what is your creative process like? That is great because I actually don't know what my creative process is. I feel like it's always <laughs> been, it's always been like, oh, here it is. Um, it's kind of like creativity just like shows up and I'm like, oh, I guess we're going with this. Um, I will say that what inspired me to, st- it was what inspires me to, what inspired me to pl- start music, play music? Yeah. Okay. That is a, a multifaceted question because there were three tiers to it. One for me is what got me to start playing an instrument. What the other one is what got me in uh, wanting to write music. And then what got me into what wanted that, what got me into wanting to write songs. Um, so my reverse uno is should I, should I, do you want all three of those babies or should I Absolutely. Just, okay. All right. So the first, the first, um, the first thing that exposed me to, the first thing that inspired me to want to play music in general, um, you ever hear of a game called Donkey Kong 64 for the Nintendo 64? I have. So there was a character in that, his name was Lanky Kong, and he was an orangutan that played the trombone and his like special move was he'd play this trombone lick and then everything around him exploded. And I thought that was the dopest thing ever. And so when I was in school, um, this other school was coming to show their, like, they were kind of like, or this band from another school came by to be like, Hey, sign up for band. And this, you can play these different instruments. And I saw the trombone thinking, oh, that's the instrument that Lanky Kong plays. So I went up to that kid and I was like, Ayo, can you play this? And like, I couldn't sing it. I definitely couldn't hold a tune at the time. So very poorly, I tried to sing the riff that Lanky Kong plays. The kid goes, no, no, I can't play that. And I'm like, then I have to, I have to learn. So that made, that was that was the moment I knew that I wanted to play music. I wanted to play the trombone so I could learn the Lanky Kong riff. And from that, there were other things that got me to start pl- like playing different instruments, but that was the first instrument I ever learned. And I am um, very unashamed of that. Unfortunately, I never learned how to play that lick. Uh, the, <laughs> the thing that got me into writing music um, was, you're you're gonna you're quickly gonna learn that i'm very much uh an open an open nerd with fandom um have you ever heard of a game or a franchise called final fantasy yes okay so there's this game there's one of the games was final fantasy 7 and the music in that to summarize it the music in that slapped so hard for me that i decided to start composing and I went to school for uh, orchestral composition. And um, and I think, I mean, that, 
that was that. I was really inspired by the music by Nobuo Uematsu, who was the original composer. And I was like, boy, do I want to write music like this. So, uh, so there was that. So what got me into writing songs was <laughs> a show called Smallville, which I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's the story of the young Clark Kent, young Superman learning and like gaining his abilities and becoming Superman. And there was this episode um, where Clark Kent and his love interest break up and uh, his, his now ex is riding her horse down this dirt path and um, White Flag by Dido is playing. And I thought, damn, this is so sad. I think I want to make people sad. And that's what got me into writing songs. So truly just a list of the dorkiest fandom is what brought me to writing music. I, I know exactly what episode of Smallville that is. No way. Yes. <laughs> you're the only dude. You're the only person I've spoken to that actually knows Smallville. Every person I've told about Smallville is like, what the fuck is Smallville? I'm like, oh, you missed out. You missed out on a it generation. Was, it was the original, like, kind of Arrowverse type thing. But before, yeah, Arrow, the original, before, before the Flash, exactly. Girl, there was there was yes. Smallville on the WB. There was, and it was only yep. Smallville. I'm so happy to feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the original DC or the original superhero, like. CW and it was so perfect for the and it was WB yeah. at that time WB slash CW it was like the the first teenage angst superhero comic show and was just such a game it really changer was like Tuesday nights man on the WB Tuesday oh my god Greg yes the Tuesday nights do you, you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer hmm that is a very good question, Greg. Um, I told you I'd be saying that a lot. I think that it started as being an artist. Well, you know what? Actually, I think that this goes back to what we were talking about earlier with like becoming a content machine. I think that it started with me solely being an artist, but when I was performing, it just so my early performances, you know, you're just like an insecure first timer and you're green and you don't really know how to talk to people. Um, sometimes the crowd is not as lively and you can't really, you start to like feel that. And I think that over time, knowing that the audience wants to, the audience wants to be entertained and they also want an experience with you. Um, I think it's the same thing with social media, like we talked about. And from that realization, I think that encouraged me to consider becoming an entertainer too. And, uh, and it's, it's, I actually think that it's a really difficult line to be tethered to because, um, if you don't have a good balance, which I struggle with this a lot, if you don't have a good balance of being the artist and the entertainer, you kind of fall into one category and you start to lose that other skill. And so I think you really need to, I, it feels at least to me that 
because there's this call of quick entertainment in content creating that musicians are being suddenly um, expected to to carry carry out um, I think it becomes difficult to to balance the two so for myself I'd say I'd say it kind of goes in waves but I would I think I would fall under the category of being an entertainer more than an artist but it kind of depends on the, the time and the season you know like like does yeah. that make sense like you, you gotta make time for being that artist and being creative but then once you for example this this release for holding you over having to having to release this there's a lot of uh you know with TikTok and, and all social media you also have to start entertaining people to catch their attention in order to um in order to get more listeners which is kind of a, an unfortunate to some people it's an unfortunate uh standard now but you know whereas like you know even four or five years ago you could post um the picture of the album cover and then put the audio of the song on and it would get hits but now there's like no attention now you have to have like you have to have videos with context of the song and you have to do this whole like sing and dance and um and so i feel like all to say again i feel like i'm falling more into the category of being an entertainer over over an artist but like obviously you got to be both Hello there, I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. What do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? Ha! Damn. Um, it's tough because you have like the stereotypes of musicians that based off of your experience from other musicians and maybe local musicians. Um, uh, that's a tough one. Let's try to, let's try to narrow it down. The common misconception about musicians as with their like personalities or are we talking like 
what? let's go into that a little bit. What do you mean? However you want to tell it, whichever <laughs> Me overthinking, whichever avenue you would like to you would like to take. I am I am open to wherever you want to go with this. Okay. Uh, I think okay. The first one that comes to mind, um, from my experience, the common misconception about a lot of musicians that I meet or a lot of people that meet me, for example, <laughs> will use me as the example. So I'm not like throwing anyone under the bus. Um, a common misconception is that, uh, musicians want to be famous or all musicians want to be famous. And I think that that is very common, obviously, but I think that through my journey in um, the music industry, the more people I talk to, the less it's about wanting to be on the stage and singing in front of thousands of people. It's, it's, they want to enjoy being, um, you know, it's not about being on the road and everything like that. I think it's more about just being able to have a, a consistent, <laughs> uh, a consistent cash flow in in um in being uh, or in their creative field in music and being able to go to work and play and then come back home to their family and that makes sense i it's it's the it's the 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 fame factor that i think a lot of people just assume if someone says i work in music i think they jump to the idea that this person must want to be famous. And uh, sometimes it's just, that's just not the case. For me, I don't think that's the case. Well done, sir. But I get that a lot. Tell me about the moment in your career that oh, you're thanks. most proud Thank of. Thank you, Sia. Ooh, I have, I have two. <laughs> I have two. I have three. Okay. <laughs> um, this is a really good question. As I said, you're gonna hear that a lot. That's a really good question because I don't think that, I don't think that musicians, uh, most people in my position uh, look back and think of the positive experiences. So this is like encouraging me to have that healthy state of mind. So thank you, Greg. Um, I think that the first thing I was proud of was I wanted to, I remember the, one of the first songs I released I thought I would love for this song to be in a playlist and and get the attention I feel like it deserves. And I released the song and it ended up landing on a few playlists and um and then a few more songs after that also landed in a playlist. So that was a really that that made me feel like I was proud of that because it was validating that I was on the right track with what I was doing. Not necessarily saying I needed to rely on that to know that was the right track, but like, it was like, oh, I wrote a song that other people actually like to listen to. So I'm not alone in my perspective of music and how I write. Um, I'm writing stuff that I enjoy to listen to and other people do. The second thing I would say I'm proud of is the, back to the content machine thing that we talked about i feel like i've been i've 
I'm really proud of a lot of the content that I've added with my music. There's a song I released in um, the beginning of 2020 <laughs> and <laughs> the year that must not be named, I guess. And, uh, and I was really excited because I got to work with one of my favorite videographers up in Portland and he was so excited to, he was really excited to um, work with me and we created, we got to create a really fun story uh, with one of my songs and it was just such a cinematic experience that um, the visuals just ended up so, like they looked like a movie and that was a dream for me. And so to be able to have accomplished that with the $0 budget that I had was really, I think a really, a really victorious moment for me. Um, and then the third, I'd say the third thing that I'm really proud of with my music, yeah. I'm answering that question, right? What are you proud of with your music? What was <laughs> Cool. I suddenly f started feeling like I was going off the rails. Um, I wrote a song that I feel like, uh, uh, really the first this was like one of the first songs that was like the most honest i've ever felt about my feelings or i've ever written about my feelings and that song ended up that song ended up being taken into um uh how do i say this that that song ended up getting chosen by a company called maxwell house coffee to be part of this rebrand that they were doing and they also chose me to be kind of the face of that rebrand because at the time i was pursuing music and i was also not walking for six or for like a long period of my of a year um from a, a surgery that i had and so because i couldn't walk i couldn't work the job i was working so i couldn't pay rent so i had to get kicked out of my house I was living in at the time. And I moved into my mom's walk-in closet in her living room. And I wrote that song from that. And Maxwell House was like, oh, this is so sad and pathetic. We should, <laughs> his life is pathetic. Let's put him on TV. So they featured me for this rebrand that they did. And um, that ended up getting a lot of attention, which also led to getting attention from uh, my family in Indonesia that I had never met and didn't know existed, they ended up seeing that, that ad and, um, and reaching out to me from that and invited me to come to Indonesia and visit. And then I ended up meeting my dad for the first time. So that it, it's kind of the, that song and that experience with like pushing my music for the first time kind of gave me it's kind of a double thing where not only did that give me the momentum to start really taking music seriously and having a career in music, but also I got to meet my estranged father or my, you know, my long lost dad and, and their family and um, get to know that side of me. So I would say that's like my number one biggest, so if proudest from moment with the, my music, if you could go like a back to the future type thing and start over from the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. that you decided that hey i want to i want to i want to try music would you do anything differently uh-huh i don't think that i would change the the inspire like 
I think I would st- shoot now that I think about it. <laughs> Greg, you're hitting me with the questions, man. Because it's so like, like, obviously, I don't want to look back and be like, oh, these experiences were, I shouldn't have done that because it got me to here. But also, I'm like, shoot, playing the trombone, you got made fun of so much. And you were like the only trombone player. And that's that like really hits your damage when you're a kid or it hits your uh, damages your your confidence when you're a kid. <laughs> so like part of me is like, yo, what if I played the trumpet? <laughs> you know, or something <laughs> stupid. Uh, would I have different confidence? Um, I'd say no to that. I think what I would have changed was n- it, there was like a time where I got offered to, I, I got one of the most exciting music opportunities um at that time for me that i would have probably changed the course of my career um and it was like being gone for two months i think and i was dating someone at the time and they were like i'm not going to do the long distance thing so it's either me where you stay here and go to college with me or you you take on this new job and it was only a two-month job and i was like well i really like her so I ditched the job and I went to college for with for and with her and I ended up dropping out. And instead of making money, I lost a lot of money <laughs> going to college. So I'd probably change that. So uh, tell the folks listening at home probably and made a all over choice. the world where they can uh, find your music. Yeah, you can hear my music. You can find my music on uh, any streaming platform wherever you listen to music. So be it Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, Deezer. You can even listen to it on Deezer or Tidal, wherever and it is. where can um, they track you down on You can on find my music media. on there. Social media is everywhere. I'm on Twitter at Bobascoro. I'm on Instagram at Bobascoro. And TikTok at Bobascoro. <laughs> I'm really lucky. I'm the only Bobascoro in the world. So... I got all the I got all the well, the domains, the URLs, so and much the for usernames. Taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about you, to talk to me about your music, I have I've enjoyed this so much. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. This has been really fun. Thanks for asking the <laughs> the provocative questions. <laughs> thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifethemicstate.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>